that's been many years now, um, several years ago, before we moved to Higgins Lake. So it's been over seven years. I can't remember about how long, maybe eight or nine years ago. Um, Carolyn told me, I think we were out and about, or maybe uh, maybe she just said, I want a glider, one of these outdoor pieces of furniture, wooden and um, wooden metal. I think it's in the garage now. On a day like this, you're not going to want to sit in your glider, dear. Um, but Carolyn wanted this glider. So years ago, I went and I bought this glider. I think it was, I think I bought it at Farm and Fleet. You guys ever remember Farm and Fleet? I think they're out of business now, but it was in, in Coldwater, down in Coldwater, Michigan. I bought this glider and it was a very nice piece of furniture it's still nice it's got a few years on it needs a little help every once in a while but we've still got it little did i know when i brought that box home it wasn't assembled (laughs) little did i know how long a night i was gonna have putting that piece of furniture together it seemed like it had a thousand pieces of wood and a thousand pieces of uh uh, uh, screws, nuts, and bolts, and things, and and man, I I spent. I did not know how long it was going to take me to put that. I think I was awake until maybe three o'clock in the morning putting that crazy thing together. I mean, that really nice piece of furniture together. One of the setbacks for me that evening was I saw the finished piece in the store. Like, wow, that's nice. One of the setbacks was that I actually had a picture of the of the glider on the box that I kept looking at and going, that's nice. I can do that. That's easy. That shouldn't be too hard. One of the setbacks for me was I didn't start with the instructions. I took the, you know, it's like, hey, I can do this. I'll take that end and this end and put those, you know, and I started putting stuff together, which was a huge mistake. Because as I worked through the night and it got later and later and I got more and more frustrated. It's like, what in the world am I doing? And I went to the instructions finally. And I just kind of skimmed through and I began to see the steps that they wanted me to take to put it together. And I thought, oh man, I've totally botched this thing. I'm never going to get together like this. And and by the time I started reading through, I realized I had to take much of what I'd put together. I had to take it apart to put it together the right way. You see, I, I saw that glider in the store and I and I got the thing home, and I started taking all the parts out of the box, and I was convinced I could put this thing together without any help from the instructions. I thought I could ignore all the words. Just ignore all the words. Let's forget about all the words, and let me just have the hardware, right? You ever feel like that? I know guys, guys, you don't believe in instructions, right? Usually I'm a person who really likes the instructions because it really helps me, but this time I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I can do this. And I ignored all those words, and I just wanted to dig into the hardware. You realize that it's possible to treat Jesus that way? You realize it's possible to, to, to treat your faith in Christ that way? I think this time of year, um, especially, it's really obvious this time of year, especially when, when the world, it seems, starts celebrating Christmas. And it's really easy for the world, and it's easy for us to see the world do this, where they can kind of treat Jesus like the hardware. Ignore the instructions, we just want the hardware. We just want the joy of having this, like for me it was the joy of having assembled this beautiful piece of outdoor furniture for my wife. She would owe me big time and love me for having put this together, and and I just wanted to get it done, and 
Boy, you know, we will look around the world this time of year when, when the world starts celebrating Christmas, and this time of year is especially obvious that many people see Jesus as the, what do they see Jesus as this time of year? They see him as the sweet baby in a manger. Jesus is that sweet, sweet baby, that innocent baby in a manger. They see, they see Jesus and they like the Christmas Jesus, right? But they don't want the Jesus on the cross. They don't want the Jesus that's going to come back in judgment one day. They want the Christmas Jesus. They don't want the Jesus, the real Jesus of the Bible. And they certainly don't want to have to be concerned with the words of Jesus. Don't, don't mess around giving me the words of Jesus. I just want the baby, the sweet baby Jesus. Or if I want the adult Jesus, I want the Jesus that's good and loving and kind. I want the Jesus that I can think of in my mind as being sweet and humble and and gracious and gentle. And you know, that's not the picture, the total picture of Jesus the Bible paints, is it? If you know your if you know your Bible, you know that's not a complete picture of who Jesus is. And the concern for us today, I think, is that. <clears throat> It's not just a because I can talk about the world at Christmas time and say this is a world this is the problem this time of year, especially we can see it because people want the baby Jesus, they don't want the the Jesus that died on the cross for them and says, "Confess your sin and believe." We can easily look and look outside the church and say it's just a those people out there problem. That's the danger for us today as we think about whether we could actually do this or not. Can we actually look at Jesus and say, I want I want the joy and I want the peace and I want the satisfaction and I want the provision, but I don't want the obedience part. I don't, don't mess with the words of Jesus. I don't want to hear the words of Jesus. I just want the good Jesus, the gracious Jesus, the kind, the loving, gentle Jesus. Because sometimes it's not, it's not a, a just those people out there problem. Sometimes it's us <laughs> that has the problem. We see just that kind of people in our text this morning. I want you to go with me to John 6. John 6, and we're going to begin in verse 60. We see a people in John 6, beginning in verse 60, who were following Jesus around. And in fact, the passage that we're going to look at actually calls these people disciples. We need to be careful about that term right there, and I'm going to explain in a few moments. But beginning in verse 60, Let's go together and look at John 6. And I want to read verses 60 through 66. John 6, verse 60 begins like this. When many of his disciples heard it, we're talking about all that's been going on before this point up in in chapter 6, and we've been dealing with this for several weeks. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit 